Hello, everyone, and welcome to Speaking of Wounds, a podcast by Today's Wound Clinic. Today, I'm here with Rosemary Hill and Martha Kelso. Rosemary is a wound care ostomy nurse at Lionsgate Hospital in Vancouver, Canada. Martha Kelso is CEO of Wound Care Plus, where she leads a team of advanced wound care specialists providing wound care across 14 states. Hi there. Thanks, Brian. Um, I got to tell you, I'm really excited today to uh, talk to Martha as we're both really passionate about the decisions that happen when it comes to wound care. And we're, we're big fans of technology during patient visits and uh, trying to engage our patients um, with their wound healing trajectory. Martha, um, welcome. And um, I'm wondering if you could just tell me a little bit more about some of the wound care you do and, your and what your team provides. I'm excited to be here with you, Rosemary. You're one of the early adopters of uh, this technology, and so I'm very excited to be in the same podcast as you. It's very humbling. Um, I appreciate the questions. We are, my company is a company of doctors, nurse practitioners that perform differential diagnostics for wounds at the bedside. So we like to refer to ourselves as advanced wound consultants or advanced wound specialists. We perform everything from debridements to biopsies, skin grafting, um, multi-gradient compression wraps, total contact casting, uh, pretty much everything except hyperbarics. We like to say we're the, the wound center coming to them. I would say the majority of our clientele is in the long-term care space, but we do go to acute care hospitals, uh, in, uh, intermediate rehab facilities, what they refer to as ERFs. So we're in seven different MACs and 14 different place of service codes. <laughs> do, you, wow. do you mind telling me about your, your background in history? Sure. Um, I, um, I guess I've actually been nursing for probably almost uh, close to 35 years, but uh, most in the last 15, it's been around the area of wound and ostomy and continence. Um, however, my day-to-day -day work life definitely is probably 60% uh, seeing patients with complex wounds. Uh, I see both patients in the um, out clinic center um, from eight to four. We have an infectious disease specialist who sees patients related to say chronic wounds, diabetic foot ulcers. And so we put our heads together to say, how is our team gonna help this person? And then of course, there's the inpatients. Uh, the inpatients uh, within the hospital setting uh, where I would say certainly we're looking at uh, various pressure injuries, uh, chronic venous leg ulcers, uh, and the like. Um, you know, I, um, I, I kind of want to, one thing that's really, uh, maybe even personally is touched close to home here during the pandemic has, has really been for, for our people in the long-term care setting, which you just, you mentioned, and I'm, so I'm, I'm kind of intrigued. Our, our people have really, um, I guess there's no other word for it, but they've really suffered in terms of not getting contact and um, they've missed the contact with their family. Um, and so I wonder when you've been going into the long-term care settings, have you during the pandemic noticed um, a change and what's been happening in that regard? Um, and do you see, you see the loneliness factor um, and the impact of some of the isolation they've been experiencing? 
We do. I mean, the isolation impact has been enormous in the long-term care assisted living uh, group home sector. And the other challenge that we experience when you're mobile is kind of the presence of mind that you could be typhoid Mary if you're not careful. And so we had to put protections in place early on. So if somebody was symptomatic or in isolation for COVID or COVID-related precautions, we would have to go to the nurse's station and do telehealth instead of going in the room. Right. Um, and so that becomes, well, what if they need debrided? Well, sharp debridement may not be an option. We may have to utilize other forms of debridement where sharp debridement might have been our our go-to. And then the other, <laughs> this isn't funny, but it's true. And the worst part is it happened more than once to me. So you, <laughs> apparently I didn't learn the first time, but wearing an N95 mask in the middle of clinic when odor is one of your clinical signs and symptoms of infection that you're used to assessing, suddenly you can't smell through the mask. And what happened to me was not realizing I couldn't smell through the mask. I kept putting the dressing closer and closer to my face and contaminated my N95 <laughs> mask with wound drainage. And I, again, not once, not twice. It probably happened to me three times because I'm so used to trying this. Sure, it's instinctive. We bring it to the nose. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, and now we need to stop rounds so I can go change out my PPE mask. But it was kind of daunting. Well, how do we assess for clinical signs and symptoms of infection when one of my key symptoms I can't assess for? And so is this something, now you have um, a moleculite um, in your practice. That's part of one of your assessment tools when it comes to looking at wounds and patients. Um, mm -hmm. Is that, uh, how has that helped you during the pandemic? It's helped immensely. And, but the interesting thing is we didn't get access to Moleculite until probably um, three-fourths of the way through the pandemic because it wasn't reimbursed in the long-term care space. Uh -huh. I had to reach out to um, Medicare and payers to say, please help us cover this. And then they granted it to us. We were able to implement it in November of 2020. So, you know, that six months leading up to it, when you have elderly patients that are immunocompromised, so they don't always have the, they don't have the normal clinical signs and symptoms of wound infection that a 40 or 50 year old may have. Right. And then you're, you're taking away my odor ability, ability to interpret odor on top of it. So by adding moleculite, it was almost that uh, hallelujah moment, aha moment. Yeah. And worse, I, I went out in the field the very first few times that we were implementing moleculite. I wanted to see it for myself. I wanted to see the feedback. Sure. And 90, I would say between the first few days, we were probably 95% of the time, it was changing what we would have done. We found all wow. kinds of things that normally you wouldn't have thought, gosh, this wound is infected. Let me get a culture or let me try to sharp debride and then do a culture. And so it was very eye-opening how much we're actually missing based on the old clinical signs and symptoms. 
Yeah. Well, um, I have, um, I, uh, in terms of the moleculite in the acute care setting, um, it definitely has been an eye opener for sure. Um, um, I want to go back though, a little bit to the COVID, you know, I have found our patients are very wary as they come into our place and they're scared they're going to get mm-hmm. something. And so, um, I, so, and all they do is see my eyes. They can't see anything more about me. And so we talk and then I say, you know, I want to bring a little more information about your wound to both of us. And so I like to take the time to take the moleculite and tell them that, you know, what I'm going to do is, and I just kind of give a, um, a brief information about what really is the moleculite. And I, and I explained that I'm going to shine a violet light on their wound. And I'm hoping that's going to tell me a little bit about what, how much bacteria is there. And mm. even to some degree, the kinds of bacteria, is it pseudomonas um, or is it, is it lighting up red? Um, and, and then what I like is I like to show them on the moleculite what their wound is looking like and it's just um you know so much of who we are as a person and our facial expression everything like that has been taken away because of our ppe but i can turn around and show them in moleculite in the screen and for so many patients sometimes it's their diabetic foot ulcer their pressure injury And you really do want to engage them as to what we're going to do next. So I'll say, you know, you see, see that red area, we're going to take some time now and we're going to use a bit of a cleanser and Mm -hmm. find there, there's a little bit, there's more of a collaboration, a partnership with what the next steps are in the wound, because they are actually seeing the same information Mm -hmm. um, that I am getting. And of course I mentioned that it's been helping with the patient engagement with all because of all the other layers that are are barricade barricading the engagement but it's also something i can show the team so i love that i can go and turn it to the ot physio or the physician to say hey just looking at this pressure injury um, i'm seeing some issues here um, so it, for me, it's really, it tells us so much more and then tends to guide us as to whether as just exactly what you said, where, um, we might debride it, where we might after cleansing, see still a preponderance of bacteria and maybe culture. So it actually targets our culturing. Um, and, um, yeah, those are, some of the things that I would say um, where the moleculite has really um, enhanced our practice for the team um, because everybody, even the nurses on the floor, Hey, Rosemary, what's that? What's that you've got? Can can we, can we look too? (laughs) It's a very, it's very engaging tool. And I just love the ability to engage people in, in, I know Martha, you're passionate around wound care and as I am too, but it's, it's wonderful when we can entice others to have a similar interest and passion when it comes to wounds, as opposed to, Ooh, it's a wound, you know? (laughs) And they light up. They're so excited to see new technology that doesn't hurt. So let me ask you this. You've, you've been one of the early adopters. I mean, you've been using this for years. So for your colleagues, the listeners, people that are not familiar with moleculite, how how do you describe it to them and help bring them up to speed? 
So I'll um, um, mention that, um, look, you know, right at the point of care, I'm going to just turn this device on. I'm going to shine a light. And uh, literally within seconds, I have a picture of what's going on at the wound bed. There's nothing, um, you know, I'm not using any other particular, uh, I'm not using anything else but shining a light on the wound. And um, for some of my colleagues who want to embrace the technology and say, you know, Rosemary, can I do that? And I'll say, you know what, I, I absolutely, um, but what we'll do is we'll set them up for a learning module and they'll step by step, we'll take them through how to use the device, the distance, how close you want to be to the wound and just a few features so that there's an element of discernment when you begin to use the moleculite. So I think that's, that's probably an important thing to say, yeah, there's a little bit of education. So everybody, we all use it in the same way at the same distance. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's important. Um, I would say, I'll, I'll tell you right off the bat, it has definitely expedited care. So mm -hmm. for me, um, I've come across, um, it's usually, I'll get a call, Rosemary, can you pop upstairs and see this lady? I, I'm seeing something on her coccyx, which mind having a look. I'll usually, <laughs> always for breast injuries, I love to bring the moleculite. And um, it's like, whoa, it lights up. So <laughs> right away, I can start mm -hmm. with some kind of antimicrobial intervention, um, mm -hmm. whether it be dressings and also engage the physician that this is not just a superficial pressure injury. We have something else happening here as well. And so uh, in some instances um, with, with wounds that didn't have redness, We've immediately, even on, on, on interesting cases, we've had a CT scan. It's expedited care to having actually an abscess drained. So it's really kind of mobilized care efficiently. Um, whereas I think, you know, with cultures, you have to wait 48 hours, 72, you know, there's a bit of a, a guessing game. So that point of care of shining a light and sharing it with the team Absolutely, Martha. I bet you, mm -hmm. I'm sure in your long-term care setting places that you've been visiting, you, it's the immediacy of which you're getting information, I would say. It's, it's user-friendly and then, you know, not painful, non-invasive. You don't have to touch the patient or the wound with it. And, you know, it's literally seconds and the real-time feedback. And we have found, like you said, we found hidden abscesses after debridement where we right. thought, man, this, this wound is clean. It looks brilliant. It's going to go on to heal. You know what? Maybe I should fluoresce uh, or I should point the device at this wound one more time just to make sure I got everything out of the wound that I wanted to get out of the wound. Yeah. There was a hidden pocket of abscess. And in the yeah. elderly, that is the difference between life and death, right? Because mm -hmm. that hidden abscess, it's just waiting for sepsis. It's waiting you know, to deteriorate and in a COVID world, they don't want to have to go out to the ER or, you know, be admitted to the hospital around more sick people. And um, I will say too, that I, I do a lot of expert witness cases around the country and a lot of them are surrounding wounds and sepsis or wounds and infection. And so by having real-time feedback, we know, we're not guessing, we know hands down 
when we walk out of that room, whether yeah. or not that wound is infected instead of guessing. Right, right. You know, um, Martha, early on, you mentioned about the elderly and sometimes the limitations around how their bodies respond when there is infection. And it's not like a 40 year old. And I, I'm really, I'm glad you mentioned that because I find the same thing a little bit with diabetic foot ulcers. With a diabetic foot ulcer, you, you don't sometimes get the same degree of erythema that you're expecting with infection, right? Some of their responses, as we know with diabetics, it's different. And so that's where, um, particularly in our medical day center, that's with our ID doctor where we bring the light and we can shine it on the diabetic foot ulcers. And it, we're quite, uh, we're just getting more information um, than we normally would have. And so, which from, it kind of just, I see the, sim the similarity with the elderly as well. So um, it's, it's, it's proved useful in, in many ways. And you know, you, you make some good points. Yes, you just carry it around your pocket. Yes, it's an easy wipe down. It's a wipe down as you go from patient to patient as necessary. Um, you know, these are some of the things that in this day and age when we're kind of burdened with all of our gear, the changing and all of that, um, mm -hmm. And in, in the, the COVID rooms, there's a sleeve that you can use to, to, to protect the device. So uh, those things really help because we, we don't need to add to our workload at the moment. So what do you think about the future of this device? Do you think it's going to become a standard of care where if groups aren't using it and wounds are deteriorating under their care, they may be penalized or maybe lawsuits will adopted as a standard of care? What are your thoughts? Wow. You know, and it's so interesting, uh, you know, me being in Canada, you being in the States, um, mm -hmm. sometimes the, the, the litigation aspect of things. I think I see it as a complimentary, um, but a very complimentary, but a very necessary tool. I think we have a responsibility to our patients that in this day of being careful with antibiotics and antimicrobial stewardship, we just don't want to just go, hey, just in case, let's put them on antibiotics. No, mm -hmm. we want to have a little bit more objective um, clinical signs and symptoms. So I actually think, yeah, I do think we need to be adopting this in our practices. Um, again, a personal sharing, my, my dad had C. diff only mm -hmm. after a couple of doses of Keflex, had to have a round of Vanco, and then he had a round of Flagyl. And again, it reoccurred. And finally, he had a, a special medication, which was here in Canada, close to $1,000, which finally eradicated his C. diff. So I am a person, because of that personal experience with my dad, I want us to be really careful when we decide, yes, we need to think that this person, particularly with the elderly, we need to be careful that we just don't, just to be on the safe side, mm -hmm. prescribe antibiotics. Um, and and maybe maybe topical administration of dressings would be sufficient. Um, mm -hmm. And so we need that moleculite. And I probably speak passionately about that because of my dad. Um, mm -hmm. 
but I don't know what your your climate is like in terms of antibiotic therapy. Um, and, and also there's cost associated to some of our antimicrobial dressings too. So we want to be we want to be cost effective. And we also have people who are very worried about silver resistance. Let's not be over prescribing or overusing silver products because they too may, may cause an, an issue. And so I think we need to be judicious in our um, wound care choices, both dressing and antibiotic. We need to be, I feel like I, <laughs> I'm old fashioned. I want to be a real ambassador for a real standard of care for our patients um, with complex wounds. And I, I definitely need the moleculite in my practice to help me with that. Mm -hmm. We, you know, in the States, there's a regulation that, uh, and it's about antibiotic stewardship in the long-term care sector. But I, we take it one step further like you do. And it's not just about antibiotic stewardship. It's about antimicrobial stewardship. I literally just finished authoring a paper on it um, within the last week to where when we're exposing elderly people or wounded people to some of these things, they have wounds because they're sick. You know, yeah. the, the healthy patients don't get wounds. And so they have wounds because they're sick or there's an underlying metabolic process that's failing or you know, causing this impetus for, or, you know, polypharmacy, the side effects of medications can cause wounds or delay wound healing. And so I feel like when you have a tool that's so powerful that you know that 10 to the fourth power, whether or not bacteria is proliferating in that wound, you're not guessing, you right. know whether right. or not it's there and you're not adopting it, choose it. And there's reimbursement for it, meaning you're not out of pocket, there's groups that are, you know, the payers are paying to help support this technology to eliminate as much as possible the negative effects of antibiotics or antimicrobial um, effects, whether that's, you know, silver killing cells or, you know, we're leaving silver in the wound bed too long or, you know, those kind of things. It, to me, it's just a no brainer. And as the CEO for my company, I thought, the second I was introduced to the technology, it, I thought, my gosh, can you imagine the ripple effect of rolling this out yeah. um, you know, throughout the entire company and the benefits that it has for our clients? Um, I think about Cipro. And yeah. I, you know, I, I grew up in the long-term care sector. I've, I've been in healthcare 30 years and I've seen, you know, I ran an Alzheimer's dementia facility. And so they would get a UTI and we would often, you know, Cipro was often the sensitive medicine. We'd put them on Cipro and they would be so confused. Uh, yeah. And the side effect of Cipro is it can be confusion in the elderly, let alone the, the demented elderly. And so side, the side effects of antibiotics are just so devastating at times to our elderly population. So, yeah. And, and so in that way, I think. I feel that this is the most responsible way in this day and age that we're living in um, to have this device. And uh, I can see in your world, it definitely is impacting your practice, but it's impacting your patient um, foremost. And so um, I think that's key. And I think 
um, yeah, I maybe was one of more of the earlier adopters. Um, and I just, I hope that that others um, get a chance to, to, to listen to us today to, to hear about how it's impacted our, our patients. Um, and it's changed our wound care practices. It's changed our wound care assessment. And it's guided us in both debridement, uh, culturing, um, and um, I, um, yeah, uh, you know, I'm just sort of summarizing here a few things, Martha, before we close. Do you have any last minute com uh, comments before I take a moment to uh, end our, our opportunity of speaking of, of wounds uh, on the podcast? I'm thankful that you were an early adopter, pioneering and getting that path so groups like mine can use this technology. So I just uh, want to thank you for your diligence and uh, jumping in and championing this product. Well, thank you. And uh, on behalf of all those people in long-term care places, I am so glad that there's a Martha out there. <laughs> you, have, you have joy in your voice and uh, they need to have some joy coming, joy and expertise coming to their doorstep. So um, thank you. It's been great to have this chat with you, Martha. I hope one day that we connect again. And um, I just want to thank you, Brian. And I appreciated having the opportunity of speaking, both Martha and I have appreciated the opportunity of speaking of wounds uh, today for the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Ro. Thank you.